Well, good morning once again. It is great to be here with you guys this morning. Um, it's great to have some of you here and some of you who I have not seen in a very long time. Um, it's great to have you with us this morning. And for those of you who are joining us online, it is great to have you here this morning as well. I'm so thankful that despite these circumstances we find ourselves in, we can still be together and we can still be the church. So welcome again this morning. I'm really excited this morning. We are going to launch into a brand new series this morning, and it's all about the book of Philippians. So some of you may be asking, why Philippians? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, as Jason mentioned a couple of times this morning, Philippians focuses on joy, and Philippians also focuses on thankfulness. Now, I know we're not to Thanksgiving just yet, but we're certainly getting there in a hurry. But I want us to go ahead and start thinking about joy and thankfulness all the time, not just in November and December. So that's why we're going to start this series on Philippians, and we're going to work our way through some of the key elements of Philippians over the next several weeks that's going to lead us right into the Thanksgiving holiday, at which case we'll kind of switch gears. We'll move into the book of Matthew and start talking about the birth of Jesus as we get closer and closer to Christmas. So I love the book of Philippians. I hope that you guys love the book of Philippians, and I hope that I'll be able to point out some things that maybe you either haven't visited in a while, or maybe you've never even known about the book of Philippians. So, of course, I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles. I want to encourage you to open your Bible app or whatever you like to use to read the Bible, and we are going to start off in Philippians chapter 1 this morning, verses 1 through 11. So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and open up your Bibles, open up your Bible app, whatever it is that you want to read from, because I do want to encourage you this morning in just a few minutes, when we get ready to start reading this scripture, I would love for you guys to read along, whether that be out loud, whether that be to yourself, because I think it's really powerful that we spend time together in the word of God. So we're going to do that this morning. So as you can see, Philippians chapter one, verses one through 11, we're talking about thankful hearts, because that's what this first section of Philippians is all about. Now, the cool thing about this first section of Philippians is we're we in a weird, weird place right now, right? And I think everyone would agree with me on that. We're in something that most of us have never dealt with before. We're in, in the midst of this global pandemic, and anxiety levels right now are, are off the charts through the roofs for a lot of people. And, and for some, it's because of the virus, and because, for some, it's because of the politics. I don't know if you guys watched the debate the other night, but if that didn't give you anxiety, I don't know what will. Um, maybe it's work. Maybe you've had to learn to work in a different way than you've ever worked before. Because maybe you're going to your office by yourself, or maybe you can't go to your office and you're working from home. And if you have kids, then you're definitely stressed and you're definitely anxious because we're doing a whole different form of learning than what we've ever had to do before. And whether that means that our teachers are in the classroom wearing a mask or a face shield or whatever the case may be with smaller numbers and they can't do all of the things they want to do with their kids, or maybe it's that your kids are at home with you now and you're trying to work from home and your kids are trying to do school from home and they need your help and your boss needs your help. And it's just this time that's causing a lot of anxiety for people. A lot of people are just anxious about where we go from here. Am I going to have to wear a mask for the rest of my life? I hate wearing a mask. Or maybe people are upset because enough people are not wearing masks. Whether you're on which side of the coin doesn't really make a difference to me. But what I'm getting at is there's just a lot of anxiety. And there's a lot of stress. And there's a lot of tension that people are feeling for various different reasons right now. So what, I think this is the perfect time 
for us to dig into the book of Philippians and look at, despite his circumstances, Paul manages to find joy and helps us to focus on joy. So, what if? What if we could experience a deep sense of peace and joy in our lives right now more than ever before? And some of you are going to say, no way. There's no way we can do that right now. There's too much going on. There's too much craziness in the world right now. There's too many tensions out there. There's too much fighting. There's no way we can do that. Stand by. What if the joy in our hearts can be overflowing with love and abundance regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in? These are the questions I want you to think about this morning as we get ready to jump into the text of Philippians Because what if I told you that it could? What if I told you that you can find joy and thankfulness despite all of the craziness that's going on in the world right now? So let's let's look a little bit about Paul's letter. So Philippians is going to tell us the secret. The secrets to finding peace, joy, despite our circumstances. It's also... (coughs) It's also the fact that Paul has discovered something that you and I need to find and to figure out. See, Paul Paul gets it. Paul found a way to be positive and to be joyful and to be thankful despite the circumstances that he found himself in. See, peace and joy come from a thankful heart in Christ Jesus. And see, Paul gets that. Paul got it. Paul understood this fact. And he found joy and thankfulness and peace despite his circumstances. So let's look at the background. What are these these circumstances that we're talking about? These circumstances that we're talking about, and most of you probably already know this, Paul spent a lot of time in prison. But when Paul wrote this letter, he was actually in prison. And he didn't know at this point if he was possibly awaiting a death penalty or a death sentence. But it's important that we understand this because it's important that we understand the background and the framework for this letter and what Paul was going through at the time because it makes the words that Paul uses even more amazing when we think about the fact that he wrote this from prison. See, Paul was forced to social distance long before social distancing was a thing, right? This is one of those hot words that we've been hearing for the last eight months is everything is social distancing this and social distancing that. Well, Paul was social distancing, right? Paul didn't have a a community. The only people that Paul had to talk to and to be in community with were his fellow prisoners and the prison guards. That's what I call social distancing. It says Paul is in prison for preaching the good news. We talked a lot last week about the good news and that good news that Jesus Christ came to the earth and he died for you and me. That good news See, Paul felt the good news so strongly that he was going out and telling everybody that he encountered about this good news, and he wound up in prison for it. He wound up in prison for doing nothing but preaching the good news of Jesus Christ because he was willing to do that. But again, you've got to understand this framework that we're working in here. When he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, which was one of those first churches that Paul established, he's sitting in a prison cell. He's sitting in chains in this dark, dungy, dirty prison. But yet he still found joy in Jesus Christ. How can he be so positive? All he talks about is thankfulness for Jesus and for the church. Despite his 
circumstances. So let's dig in. And again, I want to encourage you to, to pull out your Bible, to pull out your Bible app. I want you to read along with me because I want you to hear the words. I want you to see the words. And I want you to feel what God is trying to tell us from this passage. Because see, it doesn't really matter what I think. It's about what was God trying to teach us. And that's what we're going to look at as we unpack the book of Philippians. So we're going to start in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. And I love how they said that. They didn't call themselves messengers. They said they were servants of Christ Jesus. It says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. It says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we think about a letter, and Philippians, remember, is one kind of one big letter, but it's a little bit different than Paul's other writings. See, most of Paul's letters are kind of like one theme, one general theme throughout the book. This one, Paul kind of jumps around to a couple of different topics, and that's why we're kind of going to dig into this a little bit further. But he's writing them to let them know that, hey, despite my circumstances, despite this, this, this position that I found myself in, I still love you and I still care about you and I still, I still have a joy in my heart when I think of you. And that's what we're going to walk through. So Paul's message to the church at Philippi says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. Are we thankful for our church and our church family? When we think of our church and our church family, do we thank God the way that Paul did? It says, picking up in verse 4, it says, Constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Constantly praying with joy. He's in prison. He can't be with these people in this church, but he still finds joy when he thinks about the church and when he thinks about what Jesus has done. It says, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. So again, from the first time that that church was established until now, they've been doing great things, and Paul is so excited and so pleased about that. And as we pick up in verse verse 6, it says, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you, Jesus, will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. He's encouraging his church family. He's saying, look, what God has started in this place, God is going to finish in this place. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a few minutes. But let's continue with Paul's message in verses 7 through 8. It says, It is right for me to think this way about all of you. What did we just say? He's joyful for them. He's thankful for them. He knows that Jesus is doing big things in their church. And Paul says, it's right for me to think this way. What does that tell us? That's exactly how we should be thinking about our church family, with joy, with thankfulness. As we continue, it says, because you hold me in your heart. See, it was a two-way street. Paul loved this church, and this church loved Paul. It says, for all of you, share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Again, he's encouraging them. He's encouraging them to continue to share the gospel. Don't let the fact that I was arrested dissuade you from preaching the gospel. 
Don't be afraid of what might happen to you. Look at what happened to me, and I'm still doing the work of the kingdom. <laughs> Excuse me. In verse 8, it says, For God is my witness. It says, How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. Again, he's letting them know, I love you. I care about you. I long to be with you, but I'm in prison, so I can't be. But that doesn't mean I've forgotten about you. That doesn't mean that the work has stopped. Does that sound familiar? We haven't been able to meet in the way that we would like to meet for a very long time, but the work of the church doesn't stop just because we can't physically be in the building. Paul couldn't physically be in the building, but that didn't stop him from encouraging and showing love to his brothers and sisters. We're going to wrap up in verses 9 through 11. It says, and this is my prayer. It says, that, you lo- that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. It says, to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Jesus Christ, you may be pure and blameless. It says, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. What is Paul saying in this prayer? I love this prayer. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, I want you to continue to grow. I want you to continue to grow in knowledge. I want you to continue to grow in faith. I can't be there with you to help you, but I'm praying that God will give you insight and wisdom and help you to discern the scriptures so that one day you can be found blameless. Basically what Paul is saying is, hey, I want you to grow in your faith. Do we pray that for one another? Do we pray that for our church? Do we pray that we'll continue to grow in our faith and that we'll continue to grow in our knowledge so that one day we too can be found blameless and so we can all get to heaven? Because remember, we're all on the same team. We're all in this together. And we're going to talk in just a minute about partnership, but we're all in this together. And what he's saying is, hey, I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to grow in your knowledge. And I want you to see the kingdom one day when he says, I want you to be found blameless. So what was Paul the most thankful for? Ecclesia. Ecclesia is a Greek word that simply means the assembly. Because remember, back in this day, we're not talking about churches the way we look at churches today. They didn't have this beautiful building that we have, right? They met in homes or they met wherever they could. But Paul was thankful for the church, not the building, the people, He says over and over again, joy and thankfulness because he's thankful for his church family that he can't even be with. And right now, we can't be with our church family the way we want to. But do we have that same joy and that same thankfulness for our church family? Are we praying for them every day? Are we doing all that we can to encourage one another? Are we doing all that we can to find joy despite our circumstances, just like Paul did? I hope that we are. So what are we thankful for? Are we thankful for the gathering, for joy, for hope, for community, for love, for forgiveness? It's not based on our circumstances. It's not based on the fact that there's a pandemic going on. It's not based on the fact that we don't have the job that we want or live in the house that we want. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is found in Jesus Christ. Because remember, this time that we have here on earth is short. And I know it seems long sometimes, and especially on Monday mornings around 9 o'clock when you're going, man, Friday is a long way away. I get that. But our time here 
is short. It is compared to eternity. That's what we have to remember. Even if our life here is not what we would want it to be, that's okay. Because in eternity, we're going to have that joy and that peace and that comfort and that thankfulness. So theme one is thankfulness and how that results in joy. And I want you to flip to the Old Testament with me. And I'm going to have you flip around a little bit here. No pun intended. Philippians flipping around. Psalms chapter 17, verse 22. I love Psalms. You guys know this by now. Or excuse me, Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 22. Proverbs. So much good stuff in Proverbs. But it says, A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart. We can't control a lot of the things that are going on right now. We just can't. It's out of our hands. We don't know when this thing is is all going to end and going to blow over and be done. I, I don't know. I pray that it's soon, but I don't know. But what I can control is my peace and my joy and my attitude because I have Jesus Christ. Think about this. Think about if you were going through all of this uncertainty and all of this fear and you didn't have Jesus. That'd be a scary proposition to be in. But we can control our relationship with Jesus and the joy and the cheerfulness in our hearts even though we can't control everything else that's going on around us. I want to look at another scripture. And you're going to find as we go through Philippians, we're going to jump ahead and jump back and jump around. But... But this is all part of this, this one big story that we're going to be unpacking. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. A couple things here. I used to have a professor that would say, Hey, if I say it more than once, it's going to be on the test. When he repeats it, that means it's important. And it doesn't say, rejoice in the Lord when it's convenient. It doesn't say, rejoice in the Lord when everything's going your way. It doesn't say, rejoice in the Lord when finances are good and I just got a promotion and I just got a new car. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. See, this is what Paul is teaching us in Philippians, is how to have joy always. Because if there was anybody that could have sat around feeling sorry for themselves, it would have been Paul. Because he didn't do anything wrong. He was simply trying to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And he finds himself in prison. But see, Paul doesn't just sit around and go, oh man, this is awful. I'm in prison. I don't know if I'll ever get out. I might be put to death. I might as well just sit here and wait. No. Paul said, hey, I'm not going to let that stop me from doing the work of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 12, and 13. So jump ahead, maybe one page in your Bible. Philippians 4, 12, and 13. Now, Philippians 4, 13 is a very common verse. It's probably one most of you have memorized. But I want to back up just one verse to Philippians 4, 12, and 13. It says, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of, ha- and of being in need. And then here's Philippians 4.13, and this is the one that you see on bumper stickers, and this is the one that you see 
all the time. It says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Philippians 4.13. It's a powerful verse. It's a great verse to remember, but it gets used incorrectly so often. It doesn't mean that I can go out in the parking lot and grab Brother Glenn's car and lift it up over my head. That's not what that, that's not what that verse means. And that's how we use that verse sometimes. We use that to mean, I can do everything. But what Paul's actually talking about is, whether it's good times or bad times, whether I've got enough to eat or I'm hungry, whether I'm rich or I'm poor, I still find joy in Jesus Christ. That's what Philippians 4.13 is talking about. I can do all things through Christ because he's going to see me through it. And when I'm focused on him, he takes care of the other things. In good times and in bad times. And some of you are saying this is a really bad time for us. It's a bad time for our country. I'm not saying that I necessarily don't agree with you. But what I am saying is regardless of whether this is a good time or a bad time, Christ is the answer. We can't talk politics. I understand that. But I'm just going to say this. Regardless of who wins the election in November, Christ is still king. He's going to be king the day before. He's going to be king the day after. And for the next four years and the next eight years and the next 12 years and the next 16 years, you get the idea. So it really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Maybe it will be a better time, depending on, I don't know who's going to get elected. Maybe it will be better, and maybe it won't. But what does Paul tell us right here? He says it doesn't matter. Good or bad, rich or poor, Democrat or Republican, he's saying Christ. Christ is the answer. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of you this morning. Yes, I know it's difficult. And yes, I know we can't do all the things that we want to do right now. But Christ is the answer. And when we focus on Christ, we can find joy. Number two, partnership. As I promised, we'd revisit this idea of partnership. When we talked in verse 5, it says, Because of you sharing the gospel from the first day until now. Sharing. Partnership. We are better together, even if we can't physically be together. We are still better together. Christ didn't design us to be alone. He didn't design us to go through this whole thing by ourselves. If he did, this would would look very, very different, right? But he knew from the very beginning that we couldn't do this alone and that we shouldn't do this alone. And, And we need to look at our church as a partnership, Because we're all in this together, guys. We're all in this together. We're all trying to be as much like Christ as we can. We're all trying to be as good as we can and to follow the plan of salvation as well as we can and to make it to heaven together. But we're a partnership. We're all on the same team. We may not all agree on things. We may not all agree on everything. But we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're all on the same team. We're all part of this partnership. We should be thankful that we're together even when we can't be together. I'm thankful that we have a live stream. I'm thankful for Brother Chris and Charla who who are back there doing such a fantastic job of putting out this live stream. Because for those who can't be here with us today, they're still hearing the message. They're still able to sing along. They're still posting comments in the comment section saying hello to one another. See, they're still being in partnership and they're still being in community. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. I'm so thankful that you guys are a community even though I can't be there. 
We're partners. We're on this journey together. We've got to stay connected. We need the community of Christ. We need that. And I hope that you want that. And I hope that you find joy in that. Because that's what it's all about. There's a scary statistic floating around out there that 30% of Christians may not come back to church when this whole thing is over. That's just reality. I'm not trying to bring everybody down. That's just reality of where we may be. But you know what? If we stick together and we build this community, our church isn't going to see 30% who decide, you know what, I'm not coming back to church. Now, I'm not saying some people may may continue watching on the live stream because they're not able to be with us in person. To me, that's still part of our community. That's still part of our family. But they're saying 30% of people after this have gotten so out of the habit of going to church that they're just like, I see no reason to go back. Because they don't have that partnership. They don't have that community. They don't have that feeling that if they're not in the building on Sunday mornings, that they're missing one another. I hope that that's not us. And I hope that that 30% will not be us. Because if we're truly a community of Christ followers who love one another despite our differences, we're not going to have 30% who don't come back. Theme number three, God finishes what he starts. Verse six that we read a few minutes ago. You can flip back to it if you're still there. I'm confident of this. That the one who began a good work among you, Jesus Christ, of course, will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with me yet. And God is not finished with the Mission Viejo Church of Christ yet. He's not. And I believe that the best things are yet to come. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But I believe God's not done. And I believe that God finishes what he starts. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. I'm looking forward to it. But he's going to finish the work that he's doing in you. He's going to finish the work that he's doing in me. And he's going to finish the work that he's doing here at Mission Viejo. The last theme is the one we kind of unpacked just a little bit a few minutes ago. And that's Paul's prayer at the end of the passage that we looked at today. And and I love this prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer for our church and for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to encourage you to pray that we continue to grow in knowledge and in insight and in understanding and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you should be praying that for yourself every day. But I want to encourage you to pray that for our church. I want you to encourage you to pray that for your brothers and sisters in the body. Because prayer is powerful. And we talked a lot about prayer a couple weeks ago. But it's powerful. And pray specifically for things like growth and knowledge and insight. Because that's what's going to help us become resilient disciples. And that's going to help what's going to help continue us to grow and to help others to grow. Because we can't make disciples if we're not growing in our own relationships. 
what if we prayed like Paul? Just a heart full of thanksgiving. What if we went to God with thankfulness and joy in our hearts? Because we are so thankful for the things that we do have. We're so thankful for the community that we have. We're thankful for Jesus Christ. That should be enough right there to allow you to go to God with peace and joy and thanksgiving in your hearts. What if we choose to focus on everything that we have? And we choose to focus on that good news of Jesus Christ. And we focus on one another. What if we truly focused on loving one another despite our differences, despite our backgrounds? What if we just loved everyone? That's what community and partnership is all about. When we love Christ, we love others. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. It's that simple. So what are our takeaways? Because, you know, I love to give you takeaways. I love to give you things to think about as you go about your week this week that will help you kind of drive this point home or help, help you remember the importance of this. Start your season of Thanksgiving now. I know I'm not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves, but why do we wait till November to start making lists of things that we're thankful for? Why do we wait till November to tell important people in our lives, I'm thankful for you? Why do we wait? We should be thankful year around for Jesus Christ, for our families, for their church family, for our church. Don't wait. Don't wait till Thanksgiving to be thankful and to tell people that you're thankful for them, and to make lists of the things that you're thankful for. Because you know what? If you make a list of the things that you're thankful for, when things aren't going the way you want them to go, you pull out that list and you remind yourself, these are the things I'm thankful for. And that gives you joy. Pray for joy, peace, and love with thanksgiving in your hearts. Pray for your church. Pray for your families. Pray for people by name. This is something I started doing about a year and a half ago. And as most of you know, I'm also the youth minister here. So I have a list in my office of all of my youth group kids. Yes, I know all of my youth group kids, but this is so I don't forget one. And I go through and I pray for them specifically by name. And there's just something powerful about that. And I want to encourage you to do that. Pray for people in our church by name. Most of you have the directory. It's probably on your phone or in your email, or we can get you another copy if you need one. Try going through that first section. Go A through C today and D through F tomorrow or whatever. And pray for the people in this church by name. Tell God how thankful you are that they're a part of your life. How thankful you are that they're a part of our church. And pray Paul's prayer over them, that they would continue to grow in knowledge and insight and understanding. As Paul says, so that one day they can be found blameless. Brighter days are ahead. We talked about this. Good times and bad times. Rich and poor. Promotion. Lost my job. 
doesn't matter. Christ is still Lord. And he will be today and tomorrow and 10 years from now and 100 years from now, assuming he doesn't come back before then, Christ is Lord. And he's on the throne. He may not be in the White House, but he's on the throne. And that's what matters for us. So I just want you to remember these things. And I want you to remember that joy and that peace and that thankful heart that Paul had despite his circumstances and how he loved his church family. Pray that we can find that love. Pray for each other. We're going to continue through the book of Philippians over the next several weeks as we lead up to Thanksgiving week where we'll talk a little more in detail about this idea of thankfulness. But I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I'm thankful that you're here today or maybe you're, you're online, wherever you may be. We've got people on, all over the country. I know we've got people in Illinois. My family out there is watching. I'm thankful for each and every one of you because you're all a part of my life and a part of my journey. And I hope that you feel the same way about each other because we're all on this journey together. At this time, in just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and we are going to have another song that he's picked out. And this is a time of reflection for us. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to be baptized for the remission of sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, to start your life anew with Jesus Christ. The baptistry is ready. If you're here in person, you're welcome to come forward during that song. If you're at home, please reach out to me, Aaron at mvchurch.org. Be happy to make an appointment with you, and we would love to talk to you more about baptism or baptize you today. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you've just let all of these things that are happening in our world affect your relationship with Jesus, and you want to make that right here this morning. The Bible teaches us to confess our sins. Maybe you want to come forward, and we'll be happy to talk to you and to pray with you and to help you get back to that right relationship with Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way, I want to invite you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I will not waver, walking my faith. He will be strong to deliver me safe. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my Amen, and what a great way to complete our services this morning, talking about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. We just want to take a moment to remind everyone, we will be back next Sunday morning at 10.15 with our children's worship, at 10.30 with our morning worship. And again, no Sunday night devotional tonight, but we'll be back next Sunday at 5.30 in the parking lot. I hope that you'll be able to join us. Would you please join me in a word of closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and just to focus on the joy that we have in you, Lord. We are thankful that we have the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're thankful that 
we know that we can find joy in you despite our circumstances. So Heavenly Father, as we get ready to go our separate ways this week, help us to be like Paul. Help us just to find that joy and that peace and that thankfulness in you despite our circumstances. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us. We thank you for blessing us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us and have a great week. We'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who brought us to that love so run and fair. We will praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. 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 will be happy over there. We will shine and Everybody will be happy. Everybody will be happy. Everybody will be happy over there.